Hey, this is Joey Rumble. I'm the pastor of Summerbrook Church in Somerville, South Carolina, and this is our podcast. I hope the message you listen to today speaks to your heart and helps you connect with Jesus and grow in Him. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the message. We've been doing a series called My Church, Jesus Shared in Matthew 16. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I absolutely love that, uh, that as God is building his church and he gives us the freedom, the opportunity to be a part of his church. And we've been journeying through what it looks like to be a part of the Lord's church. And we've been hitting on a few core uh, cultural values. And this week, we're going to hit on enjoy the journey. In John 10, verse uh, 10 through 14, I'm going to read it to you. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And this is that we, we as a church took a journey uh, a couple years ago through the entire book of John. And I, I just love the uh, seven I am statements that the Lord makes. And uh, this is a, a great uh, one I love about I am the good shepherd. And, and so we're going to look at a few areas here about Enjoying the journey. You do what you value, and what you do creates culture. And when Jesus said that I have came that you may have life and have it abundantly, he, he's sharing here that I came, in, the NIV says, life to the full. That we are able to have life to the full here on earth. And yes, there is an abundant life with spending eternity with the Lord as we give our hearts to the Lord and we, we are in Christ. But all, God also intended for us to live that life to the full, that abundant living here on earth. Now, on earth, different from when we're in heaven with the Lord, we still struggle with the flesh. We still struggle with that sinful nature. We still struggle with the, uh, the resistance in so many areas from the devil. But I want you to know, even in the midst of that, God intended, uh, even while we're struggling uh, with the flesh and to live as God called us to, that he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. See that abundant living the Lord is talking about? Even in the midst of when we face resistance. Even in the midst of if we didn't make that deal that we thought we would at work. God still calls us to live life to the full. Even when you, you, you felt like you made that home run higher and it backfires on you. We're, I'm convinced in the midst of all of it, all of us can still live life to the full. Because Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it to the full. Now let's not miss something here. Verse 10 makes me grow a spine, the first part of it. I'm telling you what, I just bow up 
when I read this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That fires me up. That the devil's trying to rip me off. He's trying to rip my family off. He's trying to rip our church off. He's trying to rip our city off. And, and he, he's not satisfied with just stealing your wallet. He's wanting to kill and destroy everything good in your life. Well, as we're in Christ, and God promises not to leave, leave us nor forsake us, God gives us the ability to resist the devil and say, not in my house, not in my heart, not in our church. This is my church. It's Jesus' church, but then it becomes an ownership under the lordship of Jesus and his church. He is the good shepherd. This is beautiful to understand. He's the ruling shepherd, and he's good. But through that, then he enables us to be his under-shepherds. Isn't that amazing when you think about it, that he's called every one of us to shepherd his sheep, to care for his people. As we're doing all these groups and as so many um, uh, leaders have stepped up, either leaders or assistants or host homes, hey, I'll be a shepherd. I'll provide sh shepherding for the sheep. And in the midst of that also, we, we see that not only will, uh, but those who attend groups can provide uh, shepherding care one for another as well. 21 days of prayer in groups is a great reflection of that, that each one of us were standing in the gap for our city and for our lives and our families, our nation and our world, and that we're, we're, we're resisting the devil, that we're uh, making sure that living, the, enjoying this journey is so much about communion with the Father. I love what Nehemiah 8.10, the second half of it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you find a place in God and you lean into the Lord, that joy, enjoying the journey, flows over. It strengthens you. Even in the midst of conflict, even in the midst of disappointment and loss, there is a joy in the Lord that each one of us can experience as we're walking with God. Let's look at a, another part of John 10, 10 through 14, and it's in verse 12. And, and I heard a home run, knock it out the park, leadership talk on this years ago, and I never forgot it. Off of the verse, verse uh, 12, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd, verse 11, lays down his life for the sheep. The, the, the title of the talk was Sons and daughters in the house. And we become a son and daughter of God when we place our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us. You become a son and daughter of God. But I'm sure you've learned <laughs> as you walk in with God, it takes a little while to actually begin to walk this out as a son and daughter of God, meaning sanctification working out some of these areas in our lives, it's not the easiest thing. And what ends up happening, if we're not careful, we can end up acting like a hireling. 
So the, the, the question is, are you, a son, are you acting like a son and daughter in the house? Or in this passage of scripture, are you acting like a hireling when things get tough, you run? And when you face resistance in your life? Or when you're caring for others? See, the hireling, he wasn't invested like the good shepherd. So he ran. Sons and daughters in the house, stand and don't let the devil rip them off and don't let their kids get ripped off on your watch. And they don't let their church get ripped off where the devil starts tempting and destroying people's lives. But like, no, 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 I'm not running, I'm protecting the house. Sons and daughters in the house don't run, they protect the house. Hirelings run. Which one are you this morning? Here's the good news. In Christ, you become a son and daughter of God. If you haven't given your heart to the Lord, it's time to become a son and daughter of God. And here's the other good news. Once you do that, God can enable you to uh, move from your past. I forget what lies behind and press on towards what lies ahead. That I begin acting like a son and daughter in the house. We need more men and women to stand up and be the men and women of God they are called to be. And the ones that stand up is ones that I ain't running. Life is challenging. Yes, I'm facing some resistance, some disappointment. I ain't running. I'm not going to back off from this battle that I am facing. And this is the beauty of this. In the midst of that, when you do that and you continue to stay strong, even in the midst of resistance, you start enjoying the journey even more. There's this joy in the Lord that says, okay, devil, you took your best shot. I'm not backing down. We're going to continue on with the Lord. Amen? And you're in church today to grow in Christ, to, uh, to enjoy this journey that God's called you to. You know, it's been fun to see so many sons and daughters in the house here at Summerbrook Church. I, we, we're experiencing some incredible unity some incredible uh, joy, just an incredible run of different things that we've been doing that God's just blessing. And it's been so fun to watch uh, as sons and daughters of the house as we join together uh, to uh, be obedient to what the Lord's been revealing. The most latest is the 21 days of prayer where we've had such great crowds coming and praying and seeking the Lord and standing in the gap. So where do you need to continue to stand and protect your heart, your family, your small group, your serve team, your church, your city? Let's look at another part of this passage in John 10 and verse 3 and 4. It says, to him, the gatekeeper opens the sheep, to him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Prayer is all about getting to know God's voice. As we're in 21 days of prayer right now, church, I want to encourage you, take the time to get to know the voice of God. Take the time to get to know his leading. You know, I've never heard the audible voice of God personally. But I'm telling you, there's been so many times through the years where I've learned to get to know the voice of God. And, and man, it, it enables me to enjoy the journey. I, recently, um, 
I, when I say recently, uh, several years ago, I heard a message by one of the missionaries we support. And so when he had come through a couple years ago, he said, man, I want you to preach that same message on getting, from this passage about getting to know the voice of God. And one of the things he shared, because this passage makes it so simple that we should know the voice of God, the leading of God. And, and he shared this. He goes, as you know your parents' voice or you know your friend's voice, you can get to know the voice of God. And, and I was like, yeah, he's right. Ever since then, I didn't look at it as some mystical, unattainable thing. I'm like, okay, I can get to know the voice of God. One of the two biggest ways to get to know God's voice is make sure that you're in God's word. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit will bring remembrance to what he's leading you to do. And, but we need to help him out with the word. When you begin to get in the word, you begin to begin to think the thoughts of God and it helps you uh, not only hear the voice of God, but also balance it in those times when you miss it. Because if it's contrary to the word, it's not God. The other part, 21 days of prayer is really more and more helping me get to know the voice of God. As we commune with the Lord, the sheep follow the good shepherd because they know his voice. Let's look at another area of how we can enjoy the journey. Mark 3, verse 14. And he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. So Jesus here is appointing 12, and he didn't just send them out to preach. He said he had them be with him, and then he sent them out to preach. Small group. Jesus built, poured into his disciples. He poured into a small group. And as he poured into them, then he was able, which is called discipleship, he sends them out. That's what we do here at Summerbrook. We pour into you. We have shepherds that provide care and discipleship for you to help you stand on your own two feet to continue to do the same. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So here's what I've learned. Enjoying the journey is so much more when you do it together. When you, I, I don't want to be isolated. I don't want to do this journey on my own. It's boring. It's lonely. Who wants to be lonely and bored in your walk with God? I'm telling you, when you do it together, when you enjoy the journey together, there's several uh, teams and uh, groups I'm a part of, the, of leadership decisions we're, we're making at the church. And it's just fun doing it together. So if you've kind of uh, moved to town or kind of gotten busy with life and you, you're not involved with group, I want to encourage you. Life is better when you do it together. I think that's a commercial somewhere, by the way, I think. But it is. Life is better when you do it together. Enjoying the journey together. And we're to follow Jesus' example of being a part of a group. Let's look at the early church. No wonder the early church made such great headway. Acts 2, verse 42 through 47. If, uh, this is an awesome passage about small group ministry. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Isn't this special? This is awesome. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Being in a group helped you go farther, faster. It helped the disciples who followed Jesus. It helped the early church disciples. And we want Summerbrook to grow larger and smaller at the same time. We want to keep reaching people for Jesus and get them saved. Absolutely. But while we do that, we're reaching more and more people. We want to grow smaller, meaning more and more people involved in small groups, more and more people leading in small groups, so we're providing care one for another. We believe a Christ follower grows most effectively by growing together in relationships with other Christ followers. That's why we value small groups so much, because Jesus gave us the example of small group ministry. And in this... um. I love how in this passage in Acts 2, talks about reading, sharing God's word and praising God and praying and awe and miracles and meeting each other's needs and meeting in the large gathering and the small gathering, temple and house to house, people being saved daily, no wonder. And they're eating together. Pretty cool, huh? And you see them eating together. Matter of fact, speaking of eating together, we have a bunch of free ice cream sandwiches outside by the groups, one of the group kiosks. Feel free to get your kids an ice cream sandwich or the bridge, get an ice cream sandwich. Anyone in the house, grab you one as you leave today. We want to be a church that enjoys the journey together. Speaking of together, let's look at John 13, 34 through 35, before I have a few people come up and share about the impact of group in their life. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples, if you love one another. That's incredible. That Our care, one for another, will let everyone know that we're the disciples of the Lord. Our love in the Lord, one for another. As we know we're dearly loved by Christ and we love Christ in return and we love one another, the scripture says that uh, by this all people will know that you're my disciples. That means being in a unified group is a witness to the world. I love what Tanner said a couple years ago about uh, uh, this piece. The world's eternity is due to our unity. Think about that. The more unified we are, the more we make Christ look good. We need to value the unity of the community. Now, that sounds good. Let's say it with me. We need to, no, say it with me. We need to value the unity of the community. And like I said, we're really enjoying great community here right now as a church. It's fun. It's exciting to see how many lives are changing. It's, it's, just, it's special. But one of the ways we can value the unity of the community is by protecting the unity of the community. If you've uh, gone through Next Steps and become a member here at Summerbrook, you know I always talk uh, in the membership meeting. I'll say, okay, you got a gas can in one hand and you got a, a, a water bucket in another hand. 
And someone who's on fire in our church, you pour gasoline on it. They're, they're serving the Lord and they're, they're getting after it. Pour gas on that thing. Let's see that fire for the Lord burn. But you got someone in our church creating division. You got someone gossiping, just trying to uh, cause uh, dis, uh, dis, disunity. You pour water on that. Don't be pouring gasoline on that. You pour water on that. You let it squelch. And the way you do is by not partaking of it. And then saying, hey, and this is why I'll, I'll say, I'm so sorry that happened. Let's go to that brother or sister because I know their heart. They didn't intend for that to happen. Let's go to them and let's make things right. So you, don't, you make sure that we protect the unity of the community. Church, don't do life alone. Get plugged into a group.